I hear it all the time. MSPs use service agreements to provide managed services, but they don't use those agreements when they do break-fix or project work. Is that what you're doing? Are you using your agreements sometimes, but not all the time? You're going to stop doing that as of today, and I'm going to tell you how. Listen up. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Technology Bradcast. I'm your host, Brad Gross, attorney to MSPs nationwide and the self-proclaimed Sultan of Service Contracts. Today's episode focuses on MSPs that forget where they are. That's right, MSPs that forget where they are. So what do I mean by that? How does an MSP forget where it is, and what the hell does that even mean? Well, let me bring things into focus. Let me tell you about where you are, and by that I mean the business climate in which you, the MSP, operate and exist. Your customers rely on you, the MSP, to provide them with critical, crucial, bet-the-company-type IT services. They give you access to their networks. They give you their passwords. They give you access to their databases, confidential files, sensitive business documents, their employees' personally identifiable information, also known as PII for you security-minded folks, and maybe even more. They count on you to back up their stuff, to protect them, to make things efficient, to make things work. And when things work, everybody is happy. It's like Christmas morning every day. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, you know, unicorns are frolicking on little rainbows in the fields, right? That's when everything is working and your customer has no issue whatsoever with you or the services that you're facilitating. But what happens when things go wrong? What happens when your customer can't log into his network or access points go down or printers stop working or backups can't be retrieved? What happens then? For many years, I used to give a presentation at some industry events, and the presentation was called How to Avoid Becoming a Terrified MSP. The idea was to talk about the type of real-life scenarios that scared the hell out of MSP owners and to help them change things so that they wouldn't face those scenarios. And if they did, we talked about how to resolve them. So one of my PowerPoint slides in that presentation was entitled... I can't believe that mother effer is suing me. I just went to his kid's bar mitzvah last year. That really was the name of the the slide. I can't believe that mother effer is suing me. I just went to his kid's bar mitzvah last year. Then I would tell the very real story about an MSP owner who provided services to his friend's company and something went wrong. Skipping ahead, what happens next? His friend sued him. The MSP owner calls me and says, you know, Brad, I can't believe that mother effer is suing me. I just went to his kid's bar mitzvah last year. Thus, a slide in my presentation was born. But the message I'm conveying here is this. We're all friends until we're not. And when the day comes that we're not friends, 
then we're really not friends and all bets are off. And when all bets are off, you're whining and your excuse of, oh, gee, we didn't use a contract because we were dealing with that customer for years. Or uh, this is a surprise because the customer has always been so happy. Right? Sound familiar? Or, uh, you know, it was just a small project, so we didn't think we'd need an agreement. All of that flies out the window. And you know what comes in the window? Lawyers, with their little angelic wings, they fly right in and they take your money as your former best friend, he'd never sue me, customer, accuses you of doing everything wrong. You get the point, right? You need to have an agreement in place at all times, at all times. I don't care how small the project is. The fact of the matter is that you can be accused of wrongdoing even on the simplest and smallest project. How simple? How's this for simple? You go to a potential client site and you load up Network Detective to take an inventory of the client's existing network. But the moment you do that, the customer gets hit with a cryptovirus. Everything gets locked up. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I know what's going to happen. That client is going to look at you and say it's your fault. Fix it. Now, you and I know that you did nothing wrong. And even if you did trigger the cryptovirus, which you probably didn't, it would have been tripped eventually by someone anyway. But that doesn't matter right now, does it? Because you have to deal with the matter at hand. And if that happens to you, you're going to wish that you had an agreement in place even for that task, even for that simple diagnostic audit. Now, let's take the same scenario with a break-fix service or a project. I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. You can be accused of doing something wrong even on the simplest task, even on the, 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 the most basic project. I mean, what do you think? Nothing could ever go wrong on a break-fix project? Do you think that if something went south while you were doing a project or a break-fix activity for a customer, do you think the customer would simply understand and forgive you? No, that's not the world you live in. And that's what I mean when I say, don't forget where you are. You're not in a forgiving place. I wish you were, but you're not. You're not living in a world that forgives and extends courtesies when bad things happen. I'm not a doom and gloom person. I'm really not. But facts are facts. If something goes wrong, your customer is going to want to point the finger at somebody, and that somebody is, yup, you, regardless of the size, the scope, or the type of the project or the undertaking that you are engaged in. Don't forget where you are. You are standing behind a very big and thin target. That arrow goes right through. That's where you are. So what are you going to do? Well, here's what you're going to do. First, you're going to post your master services agreement. That's the document that's going to protect you no matter what happens. If you feel like your MSA, your master services agreement, does not protect you, or if you're not sure about it, then you need to consult with counsel, whether it's me or someone else, you need to consult with counsel to ensure that your master services agreement protects you and applies to all services that you provide or facilitate. Your master agreement must be service agnostic. So you're going to post that MSA on your website. Then you're going to send out quotes or statements of work or proposals or whatever you want to call them for every single job that you do 
no matter how small it is. And every one of those quotes or statements of work or proposals is going to start by saying that it's governed under your master services agreement. And by accepting that quote, that document, your customer is accepting the terms of your MSA. And I would go even further and tell your customer that if they don't agree with the terms of the MSA, they should not sign your quote. By taking this simple step, you are helping to ensure that everything you do is protected because everything you do will be subject to a quote and every quote will be subject to your MSA. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I don't really want to have to send out a quote for everything I do. I mean, do I have to do that? Yes, you do. Everything you do. In law school, they teach you that if you touch a document, you own it. Same thing applies to the MSP industry. If you touch a system, if you touch a network, you might end up owning it. And if that happens, you're going to wish that you had an MSA in place. So now you might be sitting there thinking, okay, I'd like to protect myself with an MSA. Sounds like a good idea. But I have lots of quotes and proposals out there that are in progress, and they're not currently governed under an MSA. So what should I do? Do you just go back to your customer and ask them to sign an MSA that's retroactive to the beginning of your relationship? Of course not. I mean, do you think your customer's even going to sign such a thing? If you can get your customer to sign a document that says, I know I've been providing you with a service for X number of years. Now we're going to be under a master services agreement, and that's retroactive to day one. If you could get that Congratulations, you've achieved the holy grail of contracts and business relationships. But we're living in reality, and the chances are that your customer will not agree to retroactively apply a new contract to services that you've been providing and are currently providing. If you find yourself in that situation, you should look for the next available touch point that you'll have with your customer and then implement your MSA from that point forward. A touch point could be a renewal of an existing service or a change to an existing service. For example, uh, let's say you're facilitating RMM services for 50 workstations. You don't have an MSA in place. Your customer calls you and asks uh, to increase the number of workstations to 60 or 70. Then you should issue a quote for that increase and make it clear that your continued service for that client is governed under your MSA. See? Touch point. Or wait for a renewal point and issue a renewal quote that specifically says that all services in the renewed term are covered under your MSA. Again, a touch point. A point that you can uh, leverage from that point forward to apply your MSA. The bottom line is this. Remember where you live and operate. You operate in a litigious, non-forgiving world, and as they tell boxers right before the beginning of a match, you need to protect yourself at all times. And the way you're going to protect yourself is by implementing an MSA and dropping that ridiculous position that you're not going to use MSAs for break-fix or project work or, or small projects. That stops today. Got it? questions, comments, you know what to do. Call us at 954-217-6225 or email us at info at We'll see you on the next Technology Bradcast.